You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Kim is here to speak to us today. So this whole month, we've been on this topic of kind of books and literature, and we've had different Christian speakers talk about what their favorite book was or a book that impacted them. How many of you were here last week when Pat and Dodd blew us away with poetry? And so um, that kind of opened up the doors for the book Kim is going to share today. I won't ruin the surprise for you, um, but, the, but the cover of the skillet may give it away if you're familiar with those kinds of stories. But anyways, um, Kim Troby is women's pastor extraordinaire here around New Life Church, and uh, she has spoken here at the Mill Sunday School before, and uh, she, she is going to close out our talk this month's study today, um, and then next month we are going to talk about the Apocrypha and these books that did not make the canon, and in a lot of ways kind of use that as an excuse to talk about the books that are in the Bible and what gives the Bible its authority. And so it's if, if you're like, what are we going to talk about next month? Are we going to be open? the Bible to like Tobit chapter 2 and reading from the word of the Lord? No, we're not doing that. Those books were left out for a reason, and so we'll talk about that. So that's next month if you're interested in that, because I know lots of you are. It's kind of this topic that is like, yeah, why weren't those books included, and why do we have the books that we have now? So anyways, um, would you please give a warm welcome to Kim Troby? Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Uh, Well, I have to admit, this assignment stunk. He called me. He said, can you come talk about your favorite book and in Christianity? And I was like, okay, that that should be easy. It'll be good. Well, then I started going through uh, some books that I had been reading recently. How about Inner Kinetics, Your Blueprint to Excellence and Happiness by Ray Lincoln. I thought, you know, I really want everybody to stay awake and alive, so no to Inner Kinetics. Last time I was here, I talked about women in leadership, and I'm a woman in leadership. And so one of the things that I'm constantly talking about to other people on leadership team men is women in leadership. And so recently I've been reading Women in the Church, and I thought, you know what? If I come to the Mill Sunday School every time and talk about women in the church, well, yeah, that's not going to work well. Another one I thought about, what about leading with confidence? No, we don't care. How about this one? You guys will like this one. Women who think too much. (laughs) Subtitle, and talk too much. And then I thought, do I really want to put myself in that position? No. And then I came down to Grudem's systematic theology. I know. Thank you, Joe, for your smattering of indifference. Yes. Can you imagine a 50-minute talk on this? Not only, we'd have to have people doing CPR on one another. You know, it would just, it wouldn't be great. So after much debate and much prayer, I decided to go a different route, and because Pastor Joe said that I could. Today, I'm going to talk on Lily's Purple Plastic Purse. Guys, breathe. It's okay. Go ahead and put that first slide up there. In fact, I'm going to start off, and we're actually going to read Lily's Purple Plastic Purse. And I was an elementary school teacher in another life, and so I'm going to use my best voices 
to read for you Lily's Purple Plastic Purse. This was written by Kevin Hankies. You can go ahead and start the slideshow for me. Is it on? Oh, good. Why is the screen not working? What has happened? <laughs> okay, Lily's Purple Plastic Purse by Kevin Hanks. All right. Lily loved school. She loved the pointy pencils. She loved the squeaky chalk. Loved the kid next to her. She loved the way her boots made a clickety-clackety-clack sound in the hallway. Lily loved the privacy of her very own desk. She loved the fish sticks and chocolate milk every Friday in the lunchroom. Straws make everything taste better. (laughs) And most of all, she loved her teacher, Mr. Slinger. Mr. Slinger was as sharp as a tack. He wore artistic shirts. He wore glasses on a chain around his neck. And he wore a different colored tie every day of the week. Wow, said Lily. That was just about all she could say. Wow. Ever had a teacher like that? Instead of greeting students or good morning pupils, Mr. Slinger winked and said, Howdy. He thought that desks in rows were old-fashioned and boring. Do you rodents think you can handle a semicircle? And he always provided the most tasty snacks, things that were curly and crunchy and cheesy. I want to be a teacher when I grow up, said Lily. Me too, said her friends Chester and Wilson and Victor. At home, Lily pretended to be Mr. Slinger. I am the teacher, she told her baby brother Julius. Listen up. Lily even wanted her own set of deluxe picture encyclopedias. What's with Lily, said her mother. I thought she wanted to be a surgeon or an ambulance driver or a diva, said her father. It must be because of her new teacher, Mr. Slinger, said her mother. Wow, said her father. That was just about all he could say. Wow. Whenever the students had free time, they were permitted to go to the light bulb lab in the back of the classroom. They expressed their ideas creatively through drawing and writing. Lily went often. She had a lot of ideas. She drew pictures of Mr. Slinger. And at the very last second, Mr. Slinger saved the cold, starving elderly. And she wrote stories about him, too. During sharing time, Lily showed her creations to the entire class. Wow, said Mr. Slinger. That was just about all he could say. Wow. When Mr. Slinger had bus duty, Lily stood in line, even though she didn't ride the bus. Lily raised her hand more than anyone else in class, even if she didn't know the answer. And she volunteered to stay after school and clap the erasers. I want to be a teacher when I grow up, said Lily. Excellent choice, said Mr. Slinger. 
One Monday morning, and here's where it gets good. Lily came to school especially happy. She'd gone shopping with her Grammy over the weekend. Lily had a new pair of movie star sunglasses, complete with glittery diamonds and a chain, just like Mr. Slinger's. She had three shiny quarters, and best of all, she had a brand new purple plastic purse. It played a jaunty tune when it was opened. Lily wanted to show everyone Not now, said Mr. Slinger. Listen to our story. Lily had a very hard time listening. Lily really wanted to show everyone. Not now, said Mr. Slinger. Let's be considerate of our classmates. Lily had a hard time being considerate. Lily really, really wanted to show everyone. Not now, said Mr. Slinger. Wait until recess or sharing time. But Lily could not wait. The glasses were so glittery, the quarters so shiny, and the purse played such nice music, not to mention how excellent it was for storing school supplies. Look, Lily whispered fiercely, look, everyone, look what I've got. Everyone looked, including Mr. Slinger. He was not amused. I'll just keep your things at my desk until the end of the day, said Mr. Slinger. They'll be safe there, and then you can take them home. Lily's tummy lurched. She felt like crying. Her glasses were gone. Her quarters were gone. Her purple plastic purse was gone. Lily longed for her purse all morning. She was even too sad to eat the snack Mr. Slinger served before recess. That afternoon, Lily went to the light bulb lab. She was still very sad. She thought, and she thought, and she thought. And then she became angry. She thought, and she thought, and she thought some more. And then she became furious. She thought, and she thought, and she thought a bit longer. And then she drew a picture of Mr. Slinger. (laughs) Big, fat, mean, stealing teacher. Thief, bad, wanted by the FBI. I do not want to be a teacher when I grow up. Right before the last bell rang, Lily sneaked the drawing into Mr. Slinger's book bag. When all the students were buttoned and zipped and snapped and tied and ready to go home, Mr. Slinger strolled over to Lily and gave her her purple purse back. It's a beautiful purse, he said. Your quarters are nice and jingly. And those glasses are absolutely fabulous. You may bring them back to school as long as you don't disturb the rest of the class. I do not want to be a teacher when I grow up, Lily said as she marched out of the classroom. Well, on the way home, Lily opened her purse. Her glasses and quarters were inside, and so was a note from Mr. Slinger. It said, Today was a difficult day. Tomorrow will be better. There was also a small bag of tasty snacks at the bottom of the purse. (laughs) Poor baby Lily. Lily's tummy lurched again. She felt like crying. She felt simply awful. Lily ran all the way home and told her mother and father everything. Instead of watching cartoons, Lily decided to sit in the uncooperative chair. 
I'll stay here a million years for Mr. Slinger. Or maybe just a few minutes. That night, Lily drew a picture of Mr. Slinger. Listen up. I forgive everyone. Could be principal. He's kind and good and nice. I am really, 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 really sorry. And she wrote a story about him, too. Lily was really, really sorry, so everyone forgave her, even her parents, even her stinky baby brother, even her especially incredible teacher. And then the sun shined its smiley face down on everyone and everything, even the bugs and worms. The end. Lily's mother wrote a note, and Lily's father baked some tasty snacks for Lily to take to school the next day. I think Mr. Slinger will understand, said Lily's mother. I know he will, said Lily's father. The next morning, Lily got to school early. These are for you, Lily said to Mr. Slinger, because I'm really, 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 really sorry. Mr. Slinger read the story. And he looked at the picture. And he read the note. And he sampled the snacks. Wow, said Mr. Slinger. That was about all he could say. Wow. What do you think we should do with this? Asked Mr. Slinger, holding up her first note. Could we just throw it away? Said Lily. Excellent idea, said Mr. Slinger. During sharing time, Lily demonstrated the many uses and unique qualities of her purple plastic purse. It's like having an extra pocket with a radio inside. She showed her shiny quarters. Three quarters are even better than a dollar because they make noise. (laughs) If you have kids, you get that one. Uh, And her glittery movie star sunglasses. Glamorous protection from harmful rays. Then she did a little performance using them as props. It's called interpretive dance, said Lily. Mr. Slinger joined in. Wow, said the entire class. That was just about all they could say. Wow. Throughout the rest of the day, Lily's purse and quarters and sunglasses were tucked safely inside her desk. She peeked at them often, but did not disturb a soul. Right before the last bell rang, Mr. Slinger served Lily's snacks to everyone's delight. What do you want to be when you grow up, said Mr. Slinger. A teacher, everyone responded. Lily's response was the loudest. Excellent choice, said Mr. Slinger. As the pupils filed out of the classroom, Lily held her purple plastic purse close to her heart. Mr. Slinger was so right. It had been a better day. Lily ran and skipped and hopped and flew all the way home. She was so happy. And she really did want to be a teacher when she grew up. That is, when she didn't want to be a dancer or a surgeon or an ambulance driver or a diva or a hairdresser. Or a scuba diver. The end. (laughs) (laughs) So what in the world does that have to do with 
anything with Christianity. Well, I wanted to share a little bit of part of my story, something that happened to me when I was young. And I sort of had a lily moment or two along the way. How many of you have had a lily moment? Yes, where you've done something and, you, and afterwards you think, what in the world did I just do? When I was 12 years old, we had a youth pastor and his wife come to serve at our church. He was, beyond the shadow of a doubt, the most gorgeous man this 12-year-old girl had ever laid eyes on in my life. He was, to my eyes, six foot seven, gorgeous hair, built. He was an athlete. His wife was this little tiny blonde woman. And everyone in the youth group fell hopelessly, madly in love with both of them. I mean, they could have told us that the moon was made of cheese and we would have gone right along with it, which is kind of scary when you think about it. But it's junior high ministry, and some of you know what that's all about. So we had amazing times of worship, amazing times of Bible study. We were learning more and more about how to be a a believer, how to be a Christ follower. And about a year into it, they decided they wanted to talk about end times things. Now, if you've ever been in kids' ministry and you've approached the end times thing, you know that there are a couple of different reactions, okay? You have some people in the group who are all for it. Lord Jesus, come quickly, you know? I don't know whether they're having a hard time in junior high or what, but they are ready to rock and roll. They're ready for Christ to come back. On the other side of things, you have 12-year-olds who've grown up very sheltered, very loved by their family, And they can't imagine what all of this to do is because their lives are amazing. So at age 12, our youth pastor decided to show us The Thief in the Night. Have you ever watched it? Oh my gosh. This has got to be a movie night for you guys. It is the worst 70s B movie that was ever produced. Ever. Okay? But, you know, in our brains at that time, this was, this was good stuff. And it's the story of how this family, uh, and actually people in general, uh, go through Jesus Christ coming back, and people are taken, and the people who are left here on earth are trying to figure out how this all works, and the Antichrist is doing all of these things, and it's chaotic, and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, they use a lot of fear in the movie. It was definitely meant to scare people into the kingdom of God, which, can I say, really bad idea, okay? If you're afraid of the alternative, would you want to be friends with somebody who just wanted to be friends with you because he was afraid of him and wanted to get away from him? Absolutely not, okay? Well, this little sheltered 12-year-old went home and literally all hell broke loose in my life. For three months, I slept little, and when I did, I would usually wake up, and I would be afraid that everyone in my household was gone without me. So I would get up in the middle of the night multiple times and go to their rooms and check and make sure they were all still there and everything was okay. I stopped eating very much. I ended up having to go see a psychologist because my parents were worried about what was happening. I ended up being put on medication for depression because of what was happening. Now, okay, you guys who have worked with youth, this was a little extreme case, okay? (laughs) I think what happened was the enemy saw the fear. And let me just say, 
fear and traumatic experiences for us are open doors to the enemy to do all kinds of mischief in our hearts and minds, all right? That's why we tell people, don't watch horror movies. Dumb. Dumb. Okay? Fear is a wide open door for Satan to come in and start messing with you. And really what happened was I was so afraid that he took advantage of that. I think I would have struggled with depression anyway, but I think that this uh, just exacerbated everything. I spoke with multiple pastors. I mean, good grief. We did everything but perform an exorcism on me to get this taken care of. So after about three months, everything died down. Things started to return a little bit to normal. But what I would do is about every 30 seconds to a minute, I would rededicate my life to Christ just in case. I was going to be prepared. And you have to understand, in a 12-year-old's mind, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to get to heaven. So life kind of moved on. My parents got back to normal. We thought things had been taken care of. And um, thankfully for me, I you know, started preparing to go into high school. I lived in a very small town. How many of you grew up in a town under 5,000 people? So you understand. You are, my husband always says we never had to use our turn signal because everybody always knew where we were going anyway. And that was pretty much it. So when you headed into freshman class, there were all kinds of things that you could take part in. Things started to get exciting again. My youth pastor and his wife, they were still doing great things. We still loved them very much. And eventually they got called on to do something else and they left. And here's what was happening in my life. I tried out for cheerleader and made it and I was doing all kinds of choirs and bands and organizations and all kinds of things and my life was fan-flippin-tastic. And after they left, about two months later, I received a letter in the mail from him. And basically what it said was, I know you're psyched about all of these things. I know you're jazzed to be a cheerleader. I know you're, you know, you want to do all of these things. But basically what he was saying was, that's all just secondary to Christ. And something inside of me snapped. (laughs) I do not get angry very often. But at 13, almost 14 years of age, I sat down and I wrote the most scathing letter that I could come up with in my sheltered little life. And I folded it up and I put it in an envelope and I sent it back to him and basically told him to go to, you know, whatever. Go to Hades. (laughs) And take your cute little blonde wife with you. And uh, put it in the envelope, put it in the mailbox, came home and about two hours later, had a genuine Lily moment. Did you see the illustrations where she starts out large and in charge and she gets smaller and smaller and smaller? Misplaced anger makes you feel large and in charge. And once you realize what has happened, you can almost feel yourself beginning to shrink. Maybe just back to normal size. What I did was I told my parents, and you know, what are they going to do? Go to the, go to the post office and beg them to give the letter back? Actually, I think they probably decided to let it run its course because it was a great teachable moment for me. 
But what happened was they obviously received the letter. They obviously found out I didn't appreciate their first correspondence. And a few days later, I received a phone call from him. And he proceeded to talk to me about how sorry he was for what he had written to me. How sorry that it had sounded like he was diminishing the things that were important to me. And I had the opportunity to apologize to him for flying off the handle and just being uh, really cruel. There were no tasty, crunchy, curly cheese snacks involved, but this was more real life. So some of you said that you have had a Lily moment before. You know, the good thing about Christ was he never had a Lily moment. Do you notice that? He had moments where he became angry with people, but in his anger, he did not sin. He is our example of how we're supposed to do this. How many of you, by a show of hands, have ever been angry with someone, truly angry, and you know that it's the right thing to be? Have you ever had that? It's a different feeling than being missing the mark, isn't it? I wanted to read you a scripture from Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 17. A quick-tempered man or woman does foolish things, and a crafty man is hated. And then in Proverbs 15, 1, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. See, the thing is, he was entitled to his own opinion about what I was doing. He was entitled to write anything that he wanted to as long as it wasn't personally hurtful to me. Okay, there's a boundary for you to remember. People have opinions. I mean, good grief. We live in a world where you can't swing a dead cat without hitting someone else's opinion, right? We tweet, we Facebook, we listen to the radio, we, we watch shows on television, and everyone has an opinion about something, and that's okay It's when it becomes personally charged against us that we have the ability to stand up and say, no thanks, I don't need what you're selling. So I wanted to tell you today, you are going to run into things where you have misplaced anger. Guess what? There's forgiveness for that as well. And you're going to run into times where you have righteous bouts of anger. And that's okay, too. We need to stand up for the things that are deserving of standing up for. Human trafficking, really? We need to stand up against that. There are many other things going on in our world that we need to take part in and that we need to have a righteous understanding of how unjust it is. Whether or not someone thinks you should be a cheerleader or not ain't one of them. So why would a 46-year-old woman bring you a children's story instead of something more deep and meaningful? Well, I want to end today with three points. Number one, why do we get rid of children's books? Going through this assignment, you know what? I was literally going through 
all of my biggest books, trying to figure out what would be the most amazing for me to teach on. (laughs) Really? I mean, talk about a Holy Spirit correction moment. It was like, you know. We get to the point, I think, in our lives where we feel like these books have more in them and more for us than Lily's purple plastic purse. And that's just not true. It's true you can learn a lot of theology, and I was very nervous to find out that I'm being followed by the Apocrypha next week. So, wow, get some sleep Saturday night, and you'll be able to deal with it. Yes, we can learn a lot of stuff, but we can also learn a lot of things from this. My husband and I have a friend. His name is Jordan. And we met him while we lived overseas. And Jordan has a website called ChristianAnarchist.com or something like that. And I always think, wow, Jordan, you need to read Lily's Purple Plastic Purse or The Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. How many of you have read that? Hello? Yes. Okay. There are times where this just won't cut it. Okay? Stay fresh. Stay young. Stay open to poetry. Stay open to kids' books. Point number two, why should I talk about Lily's purple plastic purse? Because Christ is speaking to us every single place we look. When we begin to believe that the only place where we can get answers is in the deep, deep, deep theological areas of life, we start to miss out on very simple joys of knowing about Jesus Christ. This life isn't easy as a Christ follower, but you know what? It is simple. You believe on him, you love him, you go hard after him. That's it. You don't need to know systematic theology to do that. And the third reason is because when I sent my list to Dr. Joe, he said you should do the kids' book. So I did. Always do what your elders tell you. Are you my elder? (laughs) I've already told how old I am, so... (laughs) I think it was difficult for me because that very reason that I was looking for something that I thought would impress you guys... And what the Holy Spirit had for you was something completely different. And I just encourage you, as you move through life, as you move forward into what God has for you, don't give up on the little things. Don't give up on the simple things. Don't give up on some of the the kid things that will keep you happy. My husband always says, I may grow old, but I will never grow up. And that's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. Keep it fresh, all right? And do not, whatever you do, if you have something against a brother, go talk to them. Don't hold it inside. Don't go insane. Don't allow that to fester. Get it out. Brady always says, whatever is hidden, the enemy can work on and move in, but whatever you bring out into the light, God can work on that and heal it and forgive it. So I know you're all going to run out and buy Lily's purple plastic purse today. 
And I'm so excited for that, but you might want to try out interkinetics too. It's really not that bad. Even Dr. Joe said, what does that mean? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I don't know. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.